Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Jesus said there would be wars, earthquakes, famine, and pestilence. That nation would rise against nation. There would be false Christs, signs in the heavens, and the four horsemen of the apocalypse. The sun would be darkened, and the moon would not give its light. Men's hearts would fail them for fear. The destruction of Damascus, Gog and Magog, the rapture, the man of sin, Armageddon, nuclear war, destruction of society, genetic engineering, transhumanism, the UFO phenomena, global government, universal church, and doctrines of demons. Enter the realm of last days. We invite you to another exciting episode of Last Days Broadcast, where we will examine current events in light of God's prophetic word. And now your host, Pastor Jerry. I'm your host, Pastor Jerry, and we're glad you could tune in and be with us this week. I want to continue on in our talk about the rapture, and today I want to hit on the ecclesia, the church. We'll see what the Bible, the Word of God, has to say about the church. You know, the next event prophetically on the horizon, the next great historical event, and I did say that word historical, will be the rapture of the church. It will be unannounced. And it could happen at any time. Christ could return for His church, for His bride, and take us to be with Himself. The Scripture says in 1 Thessalonians 4.13 and 5.11, you know, we know that the events described there in great detail, as we know for the last 2,000 years of church history, God has been calling out a people, a special people, for Himself. Uh, the church is known not only as the, the ecclesia, the called out ones, but we're, we're the bride of Christ. Yes. In other passages of Scripture, Paul calls us the body of Christ. You know, he is the head, we are the, we're the body. You know, the bride, a man shall leave his father and mother, the two shall become one flesh. We're to be one with Christ. And... As we relate to and talk about the rapture, you know, many people teach in the world many different things. Some teach there is no rapture. Some teach that it comes in the tribulation hour. And uh, but I teach a pre-tribulation, premillennial view of the rapture, and that we will be taken before the 70th week of Daniel commences. Thank you. And we'll be with the Lord. Uh, many teach a split rapture. Only certain people will go. You know, who, who is it that really goes in the rapture? You know, is it the super holy? Is it the, or what, if you define that, what's holy, what's super holy? You know, what, what would be 
will qualify you or I as being holy enough to go in the rapture. You know, will God leave some people behind on the earth to, quote, purify them, unquote? You know, I mean, well, what about all the other generations before us, or those of us who are alive at the coming of the Lord? Did they go through a tribulation too? Look, we all go through tribulations. Jesus said, in the world, you'll have tribulation. Be of good cheer. I have overcome the world, you see. So we're... Going through the tribulations of life and the Holy Spirit within us is helping us to overcome. And we're here for a, a reason, a mission. That's what I want to talk about in this broadcast. And in later broadcasts, we want to develop the theme even more as we go along. This is just sort of an introduction. What is the church? What, what, who is the church? And what is our mission? What are we here to do before the Lord returns? Great commission. We're here to occupy until I come. Well, what does that really mean, to occupy? Well, we're going to look at that today as we move forward. And uh, Christ has a purpose in building His church. And we, we really look at the New Testament, or actually the Gospels in particular, and the church is only mentioned by Jesus and one particular instance, clearly, and that's in Matthew 16. In the Old Testament, the church is not mentioned. It's a mystery. Paul then goes on later, the Apostle Paul, and he defines and describes the church uh, in more detail, this mystery. But I want us to look at Matthew 16, uh, and we'll look at verses 12 through 19. And many teach that, you know, the church today has replaced Israel in the economy of God. And that's not true. Replacement theology is a lie. You know, there are three people groups on the earth. There are Jews. There are Gentiles. And the third group is the church of Jesus Christ. We are one new man in Christ. Both Jew and Gentile, through the new birth, we become one in Christ, the body of Christ. And Jesus, remember during His ministry, came to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. He appeared to Israel as their Messiah. The church was really not the focal point of the Gospels, and it is not. But here in chapter 16 of Matthew, verse 12, we have these words. Now when Jesus came into the district of Caesarea Philippi, He asked His disciples, Who do men say that the Son of Man is? And they say, some say John the Baptist, others say Elijah, others Jeremiah, or one of the prophets. He said to them, but who do you say that I am? Simon Peter replied, you are the Christ, or the Messiah, the Son of the living God. And Jesus answered him, blessed are you, Simon, son of Jonah, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father who is in heaven. And I tell you, you are Peter, and upon this rock, and that is the rock of the revelation that He's the Christ, the Son of the living God, that the Father revealed to Peter. That's the revelation Jesus is talking about. He's not talking about Peter himself, as the Roman church ascribes that to this verse, but He's talking about the rock of that revelation that He is the Christ. No man can know that Jesus is the Christ except God shows Him and reveals that to him. That's a divine act of God. That's a, uh, 
we, we took we look at God choosing us and he opens up our understanding so that we know who Christ is. I, I had a historical understanding of Jesus before I came to faith. I believe that he existed, but I didn't know that he was God and he was real until I was given an understanding by the Father and my understanding was opened up. And those of you who are born again, you know that that's how that operates. You, your understanding is enlightened and you know, I need to get saved. I need to believe. I need to put my faith in Him. He is who He says He is. God. That didn't come by human revelation to any one of us. God did that for you. Thank you, Jesus. God opened that up, and He did for Peter. And He goes on and says this: "Flesh and blood has not revealed this, but my Father." And I tell you, Peter, on this rock I will build my church. Church. That's the first use of the word there, and that word is ecclesia. He said, I will build my church. But look what he says. And the powers of death or the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. I will give you, who? The church, the keys of the kingdom of heaven. And whatsoever you bind on earth shall be bound in heaven. Whatsoever you loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. Now in later study, what about, well, what is heaven? What is really heaven all about? Uh, I mean, where is heaven? And what does he mean by he gives us the keys to the kingdom? And whatever we buy, what, what is the church? What are we? What are we here for? You know, the church today, I mean, it's like, Lord, bless me. Lord wants me to be a king's kid and have all these things and material. Hey, Amen. That, that is as far away from what God has called you and I to be and to do as we could ever imagine. Man, we are a special chosen people. And when Israel in church history, they rejected their Messiah 2,000 years ago. They rejected Him. We'll not have this man rule over us. God turned to the Gentiles. Thank you, Lord. Okay, now, we've had in Daniel's prophecy... Of, of the 70 weeks, we have had 69 weeks of years accomplished of judgment on Israel for rejecting the land Sabbath. They were put out of the land, and his it was prophesied in Daniel chapter 9 that 70 weeks were determined upon thy people Israel. 69 have been accomplished. One week of years, or seven year period, is yet to be accomplished. What's been going on? Well, since Pentecost, God has been calling out a bride primarily, not exclusively, primarily of the Gentiles. Thank you, Lord. And when that time is done, we'll see as we go along here in Paul's writings, he's turning back to Israel, and that 70th week will commence, and ultimately, we, the church, will return with Christ to rule in His kingdom. That's the purpose of the church. Ultimately, He's calling the church today. So what should be our first mission? You said it earlier. Great commission to tell others about Christ. We're to go into all the world. Yeah. And, and, and to, to preach the gospel and to make disciples. What am I doing here as a pastor today? I'm discipling believers what Jesus commanded me to do. We're all including myself, to, to, make, to make people uh, 
come to faith, to, to witness of our faith, to lead people to faith. It's only God who can, as we just read, open up someone's understanding. But somebody has to, to preach or teach them or, or witness to them. I didn't get saved on my own one day driving down the road. I thought, oh, well, I just think I'll come to faith and be a Christian. No, no, somebody had to talk to me and invite me to come hear the gospel. Isn't that amazing? I mean, we don't even have to be a preacher. You know, I did the fellow that, he, he invited me and I heard somebody else preach. And I said, wow, that's the word of God. God opened my understanding. So the rapture of the church will be accompanied by the removal from earth of much of God's restraint of evil. Remember, the gates of hell will not prevail. We're here, listen to me, this is important, in an offensive capacity. I will build my church, build my church, Jesus said, and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. We take a defensive posture most of the time. Oh, I mean, I'm under attack. Oh, the devil. We should be assaulting him. Amen. That's what we're here for. Uh, we're, this is the terms I'm using today will be militaristic, and they'll be in the in the following weeks. You'll see we're in an army. Notice when he comes back, the armies of heaven dressed in white. That's the church, the bride. Follow him. Armies. So we're here to take ground. We're in enemy territory right now. God, the Creator, originally gave Adam authority. He, he abdicated that position to Satan and the fallen ones. Christ came to win that back. And now He has authorized His church to do what He was doing, building the church. He gave us the authority in His name to build the church. So what is our prime function is to bring people to faith in Christ. To take people out of dark, the kingdom of darkness and bring them into the kingdom of light. That's our job. That's your purpose in this life. There's twofold. God's working on and in you to change you into the image of Christ. That's a big thing. But you're also here to bring people into the kingdom. He's building His church still to this day by using His church. We're, now remember, Israel was building the temple We've been talking about that in our uh, Sunday messages through Ezra and Nehemiah. We're building a, 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 a temple built, the Scripture says, with living stones built upon one another. His, we're, we're a holy habitation of God that He will inhabit by His Spirit. All of us are a stone in God's building, in His temple. We're the temple of the Holy Spirit who dwells in We're a very unique people. The bride, the body of Christ. Now the rapture will take place, and as it stands today, that's sometime in the future, and the rapture is simply the resurrection of all believers in Christ. You know, the dead in Christ will be caught up to be with the Lord in the air, okay, and we which are alive remain will be caught up with them. Rapture is harpezo, or caught up. And once we are caught up and removed from the earth, the restraint of evil which comes by the Holy Spirit through the salt and light functions of God's people, the church, that will be gone. Evil 
will run rampant on the earth when the church is uh, taken out of here. Yeah. And now we see in 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, the church uh, will be caught up into the air to be with the Lord. We'll, we'll go to the judgment seat of Christ and the marriage of the Lamb. The marriage supper of the Lamb is on the earth when we return at the beginning of the millennial reign. Okay? A lot of people confuse that. We want to clarify all of that over the next several weeks as we go forward. So what happens? Church is removed. We go to the judgment seat and also be the marriage of the Lamb. Meanwhile, here on earth, the man of sin. Now, we don't know when this will happen. I mean, I, I, the rapture and then the 70th week will commence. It could be days, months, years after. Several years could elapse before it actually transpires. I do believe it will be on the Shemitah year, so that would mean it would be seven years from now if it were to happen at any time this year. But what, why do we know the rapture is close? Well, we look at what's going on in the world today, particularly, again, Israel and the Middle East. I know there's a lot of stuff everywhere else, but if you look at Israel and the Middle East, the events are tribulation events that are shaping up. So, and again, if we're raptured prior to the 70th week, how close are we? If we're looking at tribulation event, May, Gog and Magog, Psalm 83, Isaiah 17. Now these could happen with the church here, don't get me wrong, but primarily we're seeing things line up for that 70th week. So I know we're getting very close to going home, to finishing out. And what finishes out our work here on the earth to, to, to take us to heaven? Many people think, well, when the gospel's preached to the end, they misquote that. It's not the church that's going to do that ultimately. I'll show you that as we move along. It's numbers specific. When the last Christian age saint is, is brought into the body, then we'll be raptured. It's number specific, not date or time specific, or event specific. Let's move on. Once we are gone, we see that uh, the Antichrist will rise to power in a, in a new Roman, revised Roman Empire, in cahoots with the false prophet. Together they'll negotiate a false peace settlement in the Middle East with Israel. Isaiah calls this treaty a covenant with death. A worldwide false harlot church will rise to temporary power in this time frame. Now remember, ultimately, the beast, the Antichrist, will turn on the harlot and burn her down, take her down. But initially, she'll be used. This apostate Christianity that was left behind will form this, this harlot church system. What does that tell us about Islam? In my opinion, Islam will be destroyed or defeated by God during the Magog invasion. Will we see after this a, a false church? Uh, it'll enjoy the support of this one world government. We get a little taste of that here when Obama met with the Pope and how they, they, they're like birds of a feather. <laughs> they fit like hand in glove with one another. And uh, the removal of the church marks the end of a long interval of history following Jesus' death, called the Great Parenthesis. We're living in a great parenthetical pause between 
the 69th and the 70th week. And that seven-year tribulation will change radically in character after three and a half years. See, many people call, and technically, we call it the seven-year tribulation. Really, it's the 70th week of Daniel. is the only biblical uh, correct usage of that term. The word tribulation is taken from Matthew 24. Jesus says when the abomination is set up, there shall be great tribulation. And that's only three and a half years. But the whole 70th week, seven-year period, is God's judgment. Not just part of it, the whole seven years. There will be a false peace with Israel in the first three and a half years. Israel will seem to prosper. But at the midweek, that's when Satan goes after Israel specifically and persecutes her. But the saints of God that are, that are coming to faith after the church is raptured will be martyred for their belief in Christ by the Antichrist and the false prophets in the beast system. Okay, so what, what happens is, uh, Matthew 24, let me go ahead and quote that, 21-22, For Jesus said, There shall be great tribulation such as not been from the beginning of the world until now, no, and never will be. And if those days had not been shortened, no human being would be saved. But for the sake of the elect, those days will be shortened. Thank you, Jesus. So we know there will be a final war break out in the Middle East. Uh, many details are given about these wars in the Bible. Called the Battle of Armageddon. We, we call this period the Great Tribulation, the Day of the Lord, the Day of His Wrath. And... Yet approaching this darkness of all times in history, again, the church has been removed, and now we're moving forward. God in His mercy and grace will place into service 144,000 trained Jewish evangelists who will have the zeal, the vitality of the Apostle Paul. Thank you, God. Just as Paul was knocked off his horse on his road to Damascus, and he was went from a persecutor of Christians to the great defender of the faith. These 144,000 Jews will have a personal experience with Jesus Christ and will become the greatest evangelists that the world has ever seen. And it says here that they will travel around the world preaching the gospel of the kingdom. So we preach the gospel of grace. See, they don't preach the gospel that the king is coming. We're preaching you, the king has come. You need to believe on his death and his resurrection to be saved. You see, we preach the gospel of grace. Whosoever will, let him come. Now they're preaching the gospel. The kingdom is coming. Just like they did in the gospel years was the kingdom. The focus is on the kingdom. Hallelujah. See, we tend to forget... What has the church done in the intervening 2,000 years? We've made heaven the goal. Yeah. Am I lying? Well, we need just to get folks to heaven. We need to go to heaven. You're not going to heaven to live in heaven. It's nowhere in the book. Heaven is a... It, the humans that are there in spirit are there as a temporary... They're, they're coming back here. Thank you, Lord. Praise God. Jesus said... When, remember the disciples said, Teach us, Master, how to pray. And we all can quote that if we've been in church any length of time. He said, when you pray, pray this way. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done where? On earth as it is in heaven. 
The goal is the kingdom. I mean, heaven for all intents and purposes is moving. The new Jerusalem is going from heaven to earth ultimately. So, but we're getting way ahead of myself here. We're focusing on the for the church, the kingdom age, the millennial reign. That will be the great triumph of the church when right now we see sin, Satan, darkness, evil running the world. And what's behind these wicked men? Principalities, power, uh, Satan. Satan and his fallen angels are ruling the earth through wicked men and money, yes, is a great part in that as well as all other forms of corruption. I mean, what did Jesus say? The, uh, Paul said the love of money is the root of some evil, of all evil. So yeah, you're right, brother. Money is a part of that, but it's the enemies in the Paul said in Ephesians 6 that we don't wrestle against flesh and blood, but against powers, principal rulers in the heavenlies. Oh, wait a minute. Heavenlies. What's that? That's what we're going to get into on our next broadcast. Is that heaven? No. It's the heavenly. Satan's called the prince and power of the air. air. So you mean around the earth, around... When you go to a city and there's rampant homosexuality, rampant drug abuse, rampant sin, prostitution, corruption, uh, you name it, around that city are demonic and satanic principalities, fallen angels that are ruling over that city with a license from man's sin. God, through Jesus Christ and His church, will put a stop to that. Yes. That's coming to an end. Now, dominionists, or those who teach a post-millennial view that somehow the church will take over the world and put Satan under our feet, is a false notion. It will be Christ Himself. And we will co-rule with Him as we've been faithful to Him. But He is the one that will put it in, not the church. The church, matter of fact, we'll look at that as we move on too, is, is not in a state of power as it should be, but is rather in a state of weakness. Because just like Israel, as we've been studying, has been apostatizing throughout the Old Testament, and they're in terrible shape now, total unbelief. The church, which should never be that way, is, is really moving in the same direction. So when Christ comes, will there be a church full of power and, and walking it? The Bible says that it will be a remnant. The church will apostatize by and large. Do you not see that happening today? And, and uh, well, let me read on here as we close up. Paul talked about the church. In Israel, I don't want to make that distinction here uh, as we finish off our broadcast. It says in Romans chapter 11, very important chapter to know and understand. Chapter 11, verse 25. Lest you, that is the church, be wise in your own conceits. I want you to understand this mystery. What's a mystery? Something up to that point was hidden. He wasn't saying, I want you to know something. You should know. That's a fact. 
No, he said, I'm going to show you something that is a mystery. I want you to understand a mystery. And here's what he says. He explains it. Brethren, who's he talking to? Church. Church, baby. A hardening has come in part upon Israel until the full number of Gentiles come in. When is the rapture going to happen? When the full number of Gentiles come in. When the last church age soul is saved, known only to God, he will come for his church, his bride. And he says this, So all Israel, and going back from the Gentiles back to Israel, all Israel will be saved as it is written, the Deliverer, that's Christ, Messiah, He will come from Zion, He will banish ungodliness from Jacob. And this will be My covenant with them, this will be the new covenant, that I will take away their sins. See, the law could only atone from sacrifice to sacrifice. It could not take away their sins. But the new covenant, the blood of Christ, the Messiah Himself, will remove their sins. Hallelujah. Just like it has ours. Just like it has ours. As he goes on, he says, as regards to the gospel, they are enemies of God for your sake. Thank you, God. For your sake. But as regards to election or being called, being chosen, they are beloved for the sake of their forefathers, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. He said, I'm not saving you Israel today because you're a good people. You're, you're an enemy of the gospel. I'm saving you because I'm in a an agreement, a covenant with your forefathers that I'm going to give your descendants this land forever. And I'm not going to renege that because of your unfaithfulness. I'm going to do a work in you. Thank you, Lord. But in the meantime, you rejected me when I came the first time, so I'm turning to the Gentiles, the ungodly Gentiles, and I'm going to call out a people for my name. And when I'm done with them, and when the fullness of them have come in, I'm turning right back to you. Thank you. Now how do we know not guess, not think. How do we know we're in the time of the end? Well, after 1900 years of history, we see Israel in 1948 become a nation once again. No other nation from antiquity has ever come back to life. But God said that He would do that in numerous places in the Scripture. And He did it. So now they're in the land. And we look at what's taking place. 1967, they captured Jerusalem. Now we see all the nations as Zechariah coming against Jerusalem and Israel. Persecution. We know we're getting to that time when the fullness of the Gentiles is about to end and God is going to turn back. He won't have two people groups together on earth. He won't have the new covenant and the old covenant people together. They're going to renew their covenant with God and rebuild the temple after the church is gone. And God will honor that it will be desecrated at the midpoint. And ultimately, through that great tribulation called the time of Jacob's trouble, Christ will return and redeem that remnant. Somebody say, Amen. Hallelujah. We know that, as mentioned, during the thousand-year reign of Christ, Christians are going to work with believers who will survive this World War Three or Armageddon. That's found in Matthew 25, 31-46. We're going to rebuild the earth, church. Thank you. What is the church going to do? We're going to be rebuilding this place that has been devastated by man's sin and the enemy. 
Then the judgment of the wicked dead, that's called the great white throne judgment, will occur, Revelation 20, 11. Finally, God will renovate ultimately the heavens and the earth by fire, 2 Peter 3, 10 through 12, and Revelation 21, 1. God will remove all sources of evil. He will remove all sources of sin permanently from both heaven, the heavens, plural, and the earth. The idea that we're going to go to heaven and float on a cloud when we die it is just a, a, a fairy tale. I mean, it's not what the Scripture tells us. You know, we, we're, we're working with God here, man. We have a, a work to do. Man was created to rule. Originally, Adam was made. He was given dominion over the earth. He lost it through transgression. But Christ, the second Adam, has brought it back to mankind. And those who are His bride, His people, will share in that rulership. Now, again, we have... The, the standard model, and we're going to rethink some of that and look at that over again. And, and I certainly, I'm pre, I'm a premillennial, pre-trip position. It's never changed. Uh, it, it's biblical. It's the only biblical position, if you ask me. But we're going to look at some some things in our next broadcast. Where where is heaven located? How does Christ? Is there two aspects to the second coming of Christ? Where does Jesus take the church? for the seven-year tribulation period. Paul in 1 Corinthians tells us the church will do three, well, two, actually two things, judge angels and judge the world. The church will judge angels and judge the world. Well, when and how, how does this take place? We're going to look at some of these hard answers, but things we should know, we need to know. Amen. How many would like to know? Yes. What is the overall goal of Jesus returning to the earth? What, what exactly are evil angels? Well, the principalities and powers in heavenly places. We're called the battle. Where do they reside? How are they to be deposed? These are questions that we should know the answer to. Amen? Amen. Yes. Who does this planet belong to? Who is the rightful owner and how will he reclaim what is his? What does the church do during the tribulation period? What, if any, is our relationship with the events on earth during the tribulation? What should the church be doing while we're occupying or waiting for the Lord to come? And what will the church be like at the end of the age just before the rapture? We're going to look at all those questions and attempt to answer them as we move forward. Next week we'll be talking about where is heaven located? My friend, if you're listening to this broadcast, if you're here today, I want you to take a moment of time if you don't know the Lord and pray this prayer with me. Time is getting short. The rapture could happen at any time. Are you ready if the Lord was to call the church home where would you be? Where would you be standing? If you don't know the Lord, take this moment and pray this prayer with me. Dear Lord Jesus, I, I know that I'm a sinner. I'm lost. I don't have a relationship with you, but I want to. I, I need to. Lord, forgive me of my sin of rejecting you. I believe you died on the cross for my sin and you rose again the third day. Come into my life. Do what I cannot do. Change me, Lord. Make me a new creation. I believe in you, Lord. I place my faith in you wholly. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. My friend, if you prayed that prayer and you believe it in your heart, 
You are a new creation in Christ. Write me. Send me an email. Let me know what God is doing in your life. Send us your prayer request. The announcer will come on at the end of the broadcast and let you know how to contact us. We love you. We care for you. We're praying for you. And ladies and gentlemen, until next week, may the Lord bless you. Thank you for listening to our broadcast. Pastor Jerry welcomes your correspondence. You can email your comments, questions, and prayer requests to him at lowercase j-c-a-r-r-i-c-k-z-i-l-l-a at gmail.com. That's jcarrickzilla at gmail.com. Until our next broadcast, we'll see you there or in the air. Ryan here and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino-style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly plus free daily bonuses, so don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DGW report prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18+. Plus.